Good morning, everyone. Our scripture this morning comes from 1 John chapter 5, verses 9 through 13. Listen for a word from God. If we receive human testimony, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has testified to his Son. Those who believe in the Son of God have the testimony in their hearts. Those who do not believe in God have made him a liar by not believing in the testimony that God has given concerning his Son. And this is the testimony. God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, thank you for your word. Pray that as we come before it this morning, you would open our ears and our eyes and our hearts to the message you have for us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I love jury duty. It sounds so ridiculous, I know, but it is true. When that notice comes in the mail, that little postcard saying I've been summoned for jury duty, I get giddy. I don't know why I love it so much. I have many family members who are in the legal profession. Maybe it's just in my blood to want to be in a courtroom. I've always loved TV shows and books and movies that show dramatic courtroom scenes. And I know real jury duty is not usually like that, but I still love it. And I take jury duty very seriously. I know that our judicial system in this country is incredibly faulty. But when I'm called to jury duty, I feel a little glimmer of hope and at least thankful for the opportunity to be a part of the process. I see it as a great responsibility and chance to be a good listener and a discerning mind for my peers. And if I am ever on trial, I certainly pray that I would have thoughtful, discerning people listening to me as well. I've been summoned for jury duty three times, but only selected to actually be on a jury once. I was probably a little over-eager the other times. And this trial that I was a juror for was, uh, it was in Seattle about 10 years ago, and, and the case lasted about a week. And over the course of that week, we heard a lot of testimony. We heard testimony from witnesses who saw what did or did not happen in the parking lot of a bar in Seattle. We heard testimony from some people about the character of the defendant. 
And we heard testimony from experts in their field who would testify to places where their area of expertise lined up with what happened in the event. It was a lot of testimony. I think that something like 26 witnesses were called over the course of this week, and we heard story after story. The legal system has leaned heavily on testimony over the years. It's understood in many cases as evidence. In fact, in this country, witnesses to an alleged crime can be summoned and required to testify, with certain exceptions, about what they saw. Testimony often decides which way a case will go, especially when there is limited physical evidence. And lawyers spend a lot of time and energy gathering testimony and then poking at it to make it look more or less credible depending on which side they're arguing. As a culture, we rely on the stories that people tell, the things that they say are true, the evidence they give with words. Our scripture this morning speaks of testimony. And the author is writing to this group of new Christians who are in a season of anxiety and stress. They are in a young church not long after Jesus has died and been resurrected. And in this new church, there has been a split. Some have gone one way, others have gone away. And the ones who are left as part of this church, as part of the way of Jesus, are worried and wondering if they are still on the right path. They've been listening to the testimony of those other people that had left the church, people saying, Jesus is not really the Messiah. Jesus was not really human. So in this passage, To those who are left, John is encouraging them to take a deep breath and to consider a different testimony, to consider the testimony of God. He reminds them, you are readily available. You know how to listen to testimony of one another, but you have a greater source. You have the testimony of God lived out in the person of Jesus Christ. Start there to know if you are on the right path or not. Because human testimony is not always reliable, is it? Sometimes human testimony is faulty because people try to be deceitful, to look out for their own interests and manipulate a situation. Sometimes human testimony is faulty just because of the way our brains work, We don't really remember things correctly. There's a lot of fascinating research you may have seen recently about how eyewitness accounts are not actually as credible as we once thought. Sometimes pressure and implicit bias and manipulative coercion mix up our memories. After the 26 pieces of human testimony that I heard on jury duty, I thought I had a pretty good idea about what happened in the parking lot in Seattle. 
I don't remember all the details, but I remember feeling fairly certain. I thought I knew who was at fault and what the most just decision would be. I had heard the stories and was ready to move on. But at the very last moment, the last day of the trial, something exciting happened. Maybe jury duty is actually like the movies after all. Just before we were going to go deliberate, new evidence came to light. Video evidence. Behind the scenes, it turns out there had been some back and forth between the lawyers about whether or not this certain piece of evidence could be included, and this last day, the judge decided that it could be included. So suddenly, we were watching security camera footage of the events we'd been hearing about for the past five days. And not just one, but two sets of security footage from two different buildings showing two different angles of this event in question. And guess what? Everything changed. My opinion was completely reversed, and the testimony I had once relied on was now brushed to the side. My fellow jurors agreed after seeing what had happened with our own eyes, we unanimously agreed on a verdict. We were still careful and deliberate, but we did not have to deliberate for very long before we came to our conclusion. As it turns out, testimony that you can see is more credible than a whole string of stories you might hear from imperfect human beings. This is why that brave young woman stayed to film the murder of George Floyd on her cell phone. Even though she was afraid, she did not run away, but captured evidence that could be seen. She knew the power of testimony through the eyes. She knew that spoken testimony wouldn't be enough, especially considering the unjust and long history of white systems and powers denying testimony of black people in this country. Testimony that you can see is so important. Look to the testimony of God, John says. The story of God has been told in so many ways. It's been told on tablets etched with laws of love. It's been told through the voice of prophets after dreams and visions and encounters with God. It has been told through awe-inspiring oceans and mountains and galaxies. It's been told by people doing their best to make sense of the mysteries of life. But the most compelling testimony of God was the lived life of Jesus. If we want to know what God is really like, John tells us the best answer, the most believable, most credible testimony is the way Jesus lived. It is through this lived life of testimony that we can understand that God cares about the oppressed. God fights for justice 
God serves. God brings people together, desires to know them intimately, to eat with them, to share with them, that God is willing to sacrifice in order to gain. When God wanted to reveal the fullness of who God was to humanity, it wasn't through a memo, it wasn't through a golden tablet or a book sent down into the earth. It wasn't a spoken testimonial. It was incarnation. It was a lived life that acted out all that God cares about. The greatest testimony is one that we can see, and in Jesus Christ, we have been able to see the testimony of God most clearly. I often come back to words that a former pastor told me, saying, Whenever scripture seems to contradict itself, look to the person of Jesus Christ. When we're wrestling with different types of testimony about who God is, wondering if we should believe what this church says or what that church says, what this pastor says or what that pastor says, the lived life of Jesus Christ always demonstrates God most clearly. As John writes to this young church, he calls them to remember that visible testimony of Jesus Christ. And he says that recognizing that as testimony results in the gift of eternal life. Now, many of us were trained to think that eternal life only had to do with heaven after death, but actually John is thinking of something a little different here. For John and for Jesus before him, eternal life had something to do with here and now and not just heaven after death. It starts on earth and has to do with the fullness of life, not just the length of it. Eternal life has to do with love and sharing and laying down one's life for a friend It's living as if you are really alive and not just waiting around for heaven. Embracing the same things that animated the life of Jesus. This is the testimony, John says, that God gave us eternal life and that this life is in his Son. The greatest testimony is one that you can see. Now, none of us have security footage of Jesus living on earth. We don't even have access anymore to eyewitnesses. And the closest we come are the four gospel accounts that we read about in Scripture. And even those demonstrate the faultiness of human testimony. These four gospel accounts are different, aren't they? They're four versions of the story of Christ told from different perspectives and for different motivations, and they tell some details a little bit differently. But it doesn't bother me because I am compelled by what has happened through the testimony of what these words say. I'm compelled by the lived-out testimony of the thousands and thousands of years' worth of people whose lives have been changed by the grace and the love found in the pages of the gospel. People who were 
changed by the story of God's love. People who embodied eternal life as they lived on earth, and people whose lives reflected hope and service through action and not just through words. I'm compelled to believe by the stories of transformation that I read in Scripture and that I see all around me. Stories like Saul. Stories like my teacher, Miss Anna. Stories like my own. Whether we realize it or not, our lives are testimonies to something. What does your life testify to? Is it the love of God? In times of stress, consider the testimony of God in Jesus Christ. Rest in the assurance that eternal life is already here and act out what you believe in the way that you live. Also, next time you get a jury summons, do it. Would you pray with me? Holy God, thank you for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Thank you that you don't just tell us who you are or what you are about, but you show us. And because of those actions of Jesus Christ, so many others have been inspired to lead lives of testimony as well. God, let us act out our beliefs and be a light and a hope for all. It's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. So